When Bitcoin broke $60,000 for the first time last spring, the one thing you heard over and over again was, I wish I had stacked harder. I wish I had bought more sats. The same thing happened when Bitcoin set its most recent all-time high of $69,000. Well, that second chance that everybody wishes for and very few seem to take advantage of is still here. Or at least it is if you act fast. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. Welcome to the most recent episode of the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast, DCA Wednesday series. Today is Wednesday, December 1st, 2021, and it is time to make our 19th stack in this journey that we began together all the way back on July 28th of this year. So far, we have stacked $360, purchasing a 697,114 Satoshis at an average cost base of $51,641. Hopefully you've been following us all along or perhaps began your journey even sooner, but if you haven't, as they say, the best time to purchase Bitcoin was 10 years ago, but the second best time is right now. But before we get into that, a real quick look at what's been making the news this week. Well, of course, just like last week, the big news continues to be the price. Of much debate, synonymous Twitter tweeter Plan B's floor model of $98,000 by the close of November did not come true, marking what he says is the first time in 10 years that the floor model has not been accurate. Uh, he did go on to say that an occasional one-off or black swan event doesn't necessarily invalidate the model, but that if he misses his target for December, then that model's probably pretty much out the window. He, however, emphasized repeatedly that the stock-to-flow model and his floor model are completely different models, and that his stock-to-flow model is still intact and he still predicts $100,000 by Christmas. In fact, according to Plan B, his stock-to-flow model is well within the one standard deviation mark, the two standard deviation mark being the bottom of the band, so it is still right on track and chugging along. At least his stock-to-flow model is. Also of significant news, El Salvador bought the dip. President Nayib Bukele announcing that El Salvador had taken advantage of the dip in Bitcoin prices to stack out an additional 100 Bitcoin. MicroStrategy also bought the dip, announcing they bought 7,002 additional Bitcoin for a total of $414 million. Other exciting news, Fidelity Digital Investments will allegedly begin offering a spot Bitcoin ETF in Canada as soon as tomorrow. It has been speculated that the Fidelity Advantage Bitcoin ETF will be available to Americans via the Fidelity International Trading Desk. Other significant Twitter-related news? Jack Dorsey is out as CEO of Twitter. Again. As you may remember, at the Bitcoin 2021 conference in Miami, there was a significant amount of controversy as to whether Jack should have even been invited to speak, given the controversy around Twitter's propensity for censorship. Many have rightly pointed out that Jack Dorsey had far from anywhere near the kind of control at Twitter that uh, 
that say Michael Saylor is fortunate to wield at MicroStrategy, having left the position once before and successfully fighting off an attempt to overthrow him not too long ago as well. Jack Dorsey famously saying if he weren't busy working at Twitter and at Square that he would be focusing on Bitcoin full-time. So hopefully his departure from Twitter will mean more good things to come, at least from Cash App and from Jack's other Bitcoin-related initiatives. So what caused the big dip? Was it the fear of the variant out there that also allegedly led to the drawdown in the stock market? Was it the anticipation that the Fed's going to accelerate its tapering as it announced just yesterday? One thing that is for certain is that whether or not you believe in transaction analysis or whether or not you think that's just complete voodoo, the $53,000 floor certainly held as we have recovered nicely since then. Not necessarily into the $60,000 range yet, although it's looking like it's getting closer, and certainly above the $17,000 mark that we were at just a year ago. And in breaking news, just released as we've been recording this podcast, the jury in the Kleinman v. Wright civil suit says it, quote, cannot come to a decision. Illustrating once again that while we have what I believe is the fairest judicial system on earth, ultimately it comes down to your fate being decided by the 12 dumbest people who were too stupid to get out of jury duty. So back to the reason for this episode. Today is Wednesday, or as we like to call it, Dollar Cost Average Wednesday. And what is dollar cost averaging, you might ask? Well, DCA or dollar cost averaging is an investment strategy where you invest your money in equal portions at regular intervals regardless of price. We chose Wednesdays and we chose $20. Some people choose to dollar cost average daily, some choose to DCA weekly, some just once every paycheck, some just once a month. Whatever interval you choose is up to you, but it's important that you do your own research and that you choose an investment interval and an investment amount that you are comfortable with. Never invest any money that you cannot afford to lose and do not invest any money that you will feel pressured to cash out in the event of an emergency or whether you need to spend it on food or gas, maybe a vet bill or an unexpected medical bill. The idea here is that DCA is a long-term play. You want to be able to put that money away and not need to touch it for a minimum of four years. Ideally, for a minimum of 10 years or even longer. The old adage is that time in the markets beats timing the markets every time it's tried. Alright, so where does that bring us? We are currently at a block height of 712120 Bitcoin is worth approximately $57,820. As I've previously mentioned, this will be our 19th stack. We've stacked 18 times before between now and when we first began on July 28th. We've purchased as low as $38,900 and as high as $65,969. But the beauty of dollar cost averaging is that in all that time, we've managed to accumulate 697,114 sats at an average price of $51,641. Now, while it's easy to look like a genius during a bull run, we've certainly experienced a pullback or two. And again, dollar cost average is a long-term play. If you believe in the 210,000 block theory that Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, likes to espouse, if you go back four years in time, Bitcoin has never been worth less today than it was four years ago. And if that continues to play out, well, that's a no-brainer. As usual, we're going to stack today using the Cash App, and that's because the Cash App is just so easy to use. The fees are relatively inexpensive. There are cheaper ways to stack on platforms such as Coinbase Pro, etc., 
But the one thing I really like about the Cash App is that currently they don't charge you a mining fee to withdraw your Bitcoin to your hardware wallet. So depending on how expensive mining fees are, what you spend on your transaction fee often is offset by that transfer fee. So it ends up becoming pretty darn reasonable in the long run. Also, if you don't have Cash App, there is a referral code link in the show notes. And if you use that link to sign up, you'll get $10 free just for signing up and following their terms and conditions. And we'll get $10 as well, which will certainly help support the podcast. As usual, I don't keep any money on my Cash App, but I have my debit card linked so I can add $20 just about instantly. Just click on Add Cash, enter $20 and click Add. And just that fast, you have added $20 to the Cash App. Then click on the B in the lower right-hand corner. Click on Buy. And again, Cash App will let you automate your stack. As I've said every episode, I like to manually enter my purchase. It just makes me feel like I'm more involved. Maybe it feels a little more tangible to me to enter $20 and hit Enter. But I also find myself at you know, late in the afternoon, late at, late at night, and I haven't made that purchase yet, or I, you know, if you might get busy and completely forget, sometimes it's nice to have that just automated for you. Uh, your DCA will definitely be more consistent if it's making that purchase automatically. But alas, I digress. I'm going to click $20, click Next, and then it's gonna ask me to confirm my purchase. Click Confirm. And just like that, you have purchased an extra 33,931 sats. And that's going to bring our total up to 731,045 sats, currently worth $421.20. And that's not too shabby considering we've only invested $380. And that's going to bring our average cost basis to $51,980.38. And that is with Bitcoin currently worth $57,616. So again, it's easy to look like a genius in a bull run, but we are certainly ahead of the game so far. Even if you've only been stacking with us these 19 times, we've gotten to the point now where we've accumulated enough Satoshis that we want to take our security a little bit more seriously. Uh, It's definitely gotten to the point where I have more money on the Cash App than I feel comfortable holding outside of my hardware wallet. How you choose to custody your Bitcoin is certainly up to you, and what threshold you consider uh, for transferring your Bitcoin to cold storage is obviously certainly up to you. One analogy I've heard quite often is that you should never keep more money on a software wallet than you would keep in your regular wallet walking around town. And seeing as how we're currently carrying around $421 in that wallet, I'm not comfortable keeping that kind of money on Cash App. Whatever hardware or cold storage solution you choose is completely up to you. There is a lot of debate on whether Ledger or Trezor is better. A lot of people like Ledger because it's really easy to use, um, but there is some contention on the fact that they use a closed source security chip in the Ledger Nano. I would never personally use the Nano X with the Bluetooth compatibility. I would only use the S, which uh, requires you to have a USB to hook it up to your computer. Uh, or to your Android phone, but you can't connect it to your iPhone, for example. Uh, There are a lot of options out there, and Bitcoin.org will walk you through some of those options. Uh, You can find a lot of great information on Reddit. Again, I wouldn't make any financial decisions based on what some stranger says on the internet, including me. But uh, it's to the point where I think it's time to transfer to our cold storage. And in that case, that's going to be our ledger. 
Fortunately, Cash App makes this really easy as well. From that Bitcoin tab, you simply click on the arrow button that's next to the buy and the sell buttons, and that's gonna allow you to send your Bitcoin. It'll show you how much you have available. Enter the amount that you wanna send. And from there, it's gonna give you a couple of options, some of which are not free, but will arrive faster and one of which will send it to your hardware wallet absolutely free, but depending on how busy the network is, uh, can take a couple of transactions before yours gets processed. If you are not already comfortable using a hardware wallet, it is prudent to make a practice transaction or two, and definitely one piece of advice I would impart is that make sure you check and double check the send address on your hardware wallet and confirm that it matches where you are about to send that Bitcoin. Uh, especially if you are sending it from a Windows desktop, there are pieces of malware out there that's only job is to recognize when you are entering a Bitcoin address or copying one onto a clipboard and then swapping your address out for their address before you hit send. And that is the nice thing about the hardware wallet. In theory, the address that's being displayed on that ledger screen is uncompromisable even if you plug it into the most infected of computers. And as long as you confirm that that address matches where you're sending your Bitcoin, all should go well. But again, Bitcoin can be tricky. Do not send any Bitcoin if you are not familiar with and comfortable with the process. I personally think the risk of holding your Bitcoin in that software wallet just a little bit longer is definitely worth it if you don't know what you're doing when it comes to making that transfer. Once you send that Bitcoin, if you screw up, it is gone forever. But... As daunting as I'm making that sound, it really is quite simple. Just make sure you learn what you're doing beforehand. Maybe in the future, I will have the time to sit down and dedicate a podcast exclusively to learning how to use hardware wallets. But in the meantime, there are lots and lots of resources out there. Not the least of which are the instructions that come with your hardware wallet. Hey, if you've been enjoying this podcast and you would like to help support us, there are a number of ways you can do so. Obviously, as we mentioned, if you do have the ability to tip on Twitter and you're not already, you can follow us and we're at BTC Bulletin Pod on Twitter. Uh, so we'd appreciate the follow. And uh, if you have the ability, you can tip us there. Also, if you don't have the Cash App already and you would like to use the Cash App to add to your stack, there is a referral link in the show notes. And if you sign up for Cash App and follow their terms and conditions, but if you do so by clicking on that referral link in the show notes, uh, you'll get five bucks free and we'll get five bucks free as well just for you signing up. Another way is I've written several books, but the one that is most relevant to this podcast is Understanding Bitcoin for Noobs, and it's available at both Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And obviously by purchasing any of my books, that will help support the podcast. You can also support us directly through Anchor.com and there's a support link in the show notes. And last but not least, we also include a Base32 Bitcoin address in the show notes where you can send us Bitcoin directly if you choose to do so. And if you'd like to contact me or give us any suggestions on what you'd like about the show or what you don't like about the show, again, we're at BTC Bulletin Pod on Twitter. And you can also contact me via email at BitcoinBulletin at ProtonMail.com. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast DCA Wednesday edition. As usual, thank you for listening and keep stacking those sats, you sexy sat stackers.